With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Circle, wrist shot, score! Patrick Ryan Nugent Hopkins! Harris takes a snap, draws back, he throws. That's complete and a big game for the Eskimos. It's Ricky Collins Jr. again! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. 156 passes as an Edmonton Eskimo for Trevor Harris. Zero interceptions to go along with eight touchdowns. His completion percentage, 73.1. He is at almost 1,400 yards passing through four games as the Eskimos get another victory last night in B.C. There's the final whistle. This one is over for the second time this season. The Eskimos have defeated the B.C. Lions 33-6. The final score in this one. Morley Scott and Dave Campbell had the call as the Eskimos all over the Lions for most of the night. Harris 22 for 28, 276 yards and two touchdowns. Nate Ajay, that awesome 77-yard score. He had four grabs for 106 yards. And the defense continues to hum along five more sacks. And on the other side of the ball, the Eskimos did not surrender a sack as they go to 3-1. and one. They've already beaten the BC Lions twice this season. Jeremy from Glendon, ready to rock and roll. This is how Jeremy starts his weekend, by texting Inside Sports. And Jeremy, I love you for it. And you can text 630-630 or call 780-496-0063. Jeremy says, hey, Reed, the Eskimos' front seven showed up to play again. Ed Hervey took a big gamble by paying some big salaries and holding back at other positions. Looks like a losing bet. The Eskimos lost a lot of talent last year and I'm not sure if the Eskimos are a better team on paper this season as compared to the last few but it seems like guys are buying in and playing for each other all the players are posting videos on Instagram of them going bowling or playing ping pong or going out for dinner together I'm not sure if I remember any Eskimos team this cohesive and they can and will be extremely dangerous and then Jeremy adds PS Mike Riley is three and eight in his last 11 starts uh well that's tough uh, for mike tough for the bc lions but good for the eskimos getting some wings in the bank tougher games to come they're gonna play calgary three times basically in about a month they play them on the august long weekend on the september long weekend and then the labor day rematch uh after labor day here in edmonton still have winnipeg on the schedule again we'll see how they do against hamilton but pretty good so far for the edmonton eskimos and we'll break down their uh, win last night in a few minutes. We're going to have Blake Dermott check in. Meanwhile, the Edmonton Oilers with a little bit of news today as they have hired two gentlemen who were working with Ken Holland as members of the Detroit Red Wings organization. Archie Henderson joins the Oilers as the director of pro scouting and Tyler Wright becomes the director of amateur scouting. Now, we're going to get to an interview with Archie Henderson 
later on on the show tonight. He's scheduled to join us right around 7.30. Tyler uh, Wright was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. We'll have uh, a clip or two from that interview as we move along tonight. And you can get the full thing on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Henderson, uh, last four seasons with the Wings as a pro scout. He's 62, about uh, two decades of scouting experience. Also worked for the Capitals and the Ottawa Senators. And uh, Tyler Wright, of course, originally a draft pick of the Oilers back in 1991, taken 12th overall, uh, went to Columbus in the expansion draft, 309 games with the Blue Jackets, and uh, then he's been working in pro scouting for the Wings. My goodness, we have JP calling in on a Friday night. JP, good to hear from you. Hello, Reed. How are you tonight? Doing great. Fantastic. I, you normally, you have, I'm a winter guy. I don't call you ever in the summer, but the sun is out. I'm so excited. I just want to say right now, Reed, we are talking about the Mike Riley, the record. He's going to be like, and I'm going to tie this into a hockey a little bit. He might be like the Blues. They might be down for a bit, but once they figure things out, do not count them out. Mike Riley, I miss this guy. I miss this guy completely, but you know what? He's a soldier. I guarantee, I guarantee you, they will be knocking on the playoff door and they might win a great cup. You never know. But Eskimos, they will have something to say about this. Reed, enjoy the summer. Good to hear your voice. Thank you. Thank you, JP. Nice to hear from you. 780-496-0063. Well, long season. And I'm not planning any parades for the Eskimos, but I'm glad they got the wins uh, under their belt and uh, the Lions are stuck playing catch-up now. They they played catch-up last year. Uh, Ed Hervey made some good moves mid-season to improve the Lions, and they got a lot better, and uh, and they got into the postseason. It, it, it'll obviously be tough to do that again, but we, we've seen this. Usually in the CFL, there's a one team that turns it around in the second half and one team that drops off. The Eskimos were dropped off last season but the the thing i like about the eskimos is is the defense is really getting after the ball the offense seems very under control and that was a they actually had a good night in the return game did everybody notice that martise jackson actually had some good returns and tilted the field they didn't didn't bring any back for a touchdown but he, he had i guess probably three nice returns i think one got called back by a penalty but he had a couple, especially in the first quarter, where he got the ball up right around midfield and set the Eskimos up on scoring drives. So I, I'd like that, that it, it wasn't, well, if the offense doesn't do it, they're they're kind of not going to do anything. Uh, defense, obviously, huge. Sacks, turnovers, field position. Uh, the offense did what they had to do, and, and a pretty good game from, uh, from the special teams. All right, uh, more Oilers as we move along. Archie Henderson will join us in the second hour of the show, so you'll want to get that. Gene Principe is going to be in studio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's always fun in the summer when he comes in and Blake Dermott with his detailed look at the Eskimos victory when we get back. Trevor Harris injured late in the first half. Took 
halftime to recuperate and has come out to start play here for the Eskimos. He takes the snap, looks okay as he takes the drop, then he shovels it off to Natejajay, who's up across the 40. He swings it to the 45, the 50, down the sidelines he goes. Natejajay, he's got all sorts of daylight inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimos! Natejajay, he cut the ball and took off, let his feet do the work, and there are no flags on the play. All right, huge play last night for the Edmonton Eskimos on the way to a 33-6 victory over the British Columbia Lions. Uh, My old buddy, Section O, who often calls into the show during Eskimo season, we haven't heard from him uh, yet this year, and I think he has has removed himself from Twitter. He might have got a a little bit of trouble with uh, Twitter over the years as well. Pretty outspoken gentleman. But he uh, sent me this last night. Remember in week two, the Lions led the Eskimos 17-3 in the first half. Since then, in the games between the two teams, the Eskimos outscored the Lions 69-12. Pretty dominant by the green and gold. To break it down, to break down what happened last night, our Eskimos analyst and a former player on the team, the one and only Blake Dermott. Blake, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Reed. Uh, uh, after last night's game, uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty positive about where the Eskimos are sitting. Well, man, they just just pulled away from the line. There was there was a lot to like about that game, Blake. I, I'm going to start here. Last season, they they blew it twice in Vancouver, where they had leads at the half and pretty much got throttled in the second half. And I know there's a lot of new players on the team, but they're still are a lot of guys who would have been through those disappointments in Vancouver last year, which went a long way towards costing the Eskimos a playoff spot. I mean, this year, they had a pretty healthy lead at the half, and then they pretty much ended the game in the first six minutes of the third quarter. So I, I really liked seeing that. You know, and that was uh, that, that was evident. You're right. Uh, that happened twice in, uh, with BC, but it also, I think there was a couple of other times where they had leads and they squandered them at periods of times where they had the 10 and 11 point leads last year. And that, I think, has to do with a lot of what Trevor Harris is saying that uh, what Jason Moss has done with this team this year, that coaching staff, is this culture that these guys have. First of all, there is an awful lot of new faces on that on the on the team this year that that don't have any past experiences with what you know the successes they had and and relying on guys like like uh, Riley who you know could come you could win games because he could just figure it out and come from behind and these guys seem to be playing as a team more than the Eskimos have in the last two or three years. All right, here's another question. Did you have any idea Natea Jay was that fast? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? He's, what is this? This is sixth year in the league. I, I think that, uh, that uh, I've always felt that to play receiver, wide receiver, slot back receiver in, in in any professional football league, you got to have some pretty good jets. And uh, um, you know, he's one of those guys that's always been sort of a uh, what do you have? Two hundred yards in receiving all of last year. Uh, and he's already over that this year after game four. So, so this is a, he's finding himself an, an opportunity, and, uh, and, and that was a result of a couple of things. First of all, some pretty hard running because I was counting, and I think there was four guys from B.C. that had a hand on him. But then there was also a couple of nice blocks that were thrown to, to help him to spring him, and I think uh, uh, Kenny Stafford uh, did a nice job uh, helping Tate get into the end zone. So, again, one of those things where where guys are working for each other and the guy gets an opportunity and he makes the best of it.
Well, and you know what, Blake? That's one of those plays, and I, I was watching it again this morning. He was probably about seven yards behind the line of scrimmage when he caught the ball. So he had to get back to the line of scrimmage, then get the first down, and then break away for, for, for a touchdown. And it, it, football is such an interesting game because if that play gets blown up and you lose three yards or you're three yards short of the first down, it's criticized for throwing a pass in the backfield. But when it works, it, it, it looks brilliant, right? So I guess that's maybe a, a reminder to, to those of us who sometimes criticize the play calling is that you, you never know what's going to work or, or what coaches see that they think they can really exploit. Yeah, you know, and you get you get uh, an opportunity. Well, for, for, I guess the biggest thing was that with Trevor Harris getting dinged up at the end of that first uh, half, um, you tried to you tried to eliminate the possibility of him getting contact, and so they went to a little bit more lateral game. And I know they had they they'd used that a little bit earlier in the game, but they they were trying to get the ball outside because I think that's where they saw where their weaknesses were. You know, I mean, that was Grimes and Peters over on that side, and Grimes ran him, uh, you know, tried to catch him at the end, but wasn't able to. But I think I think Peters plays a little bit soft, so you want to throw that kind of a play in that situation. And, and uh, uh, yeah, by looking at game plan and, and personnel, then you can determine, you know, whether or not you're going to have a, a certain level of success. But, but they... Uh, um, any play at any time can break and and i mean every play is designed to go to the house that just doesn't happen all the time and that was just one of those instances like you said that it worked really well blake dermot our eskimos analyst joining us tonight at inside sports eskimos get to three and one with the victory last night over the bc lions 33-6 the the final score uh, again this the story one of the stories is sacks and they, they get after mike riley they they hit him several times on, on top of the five quarterback sacks and i, I guess i gotta ask you this I ask you this way blake since we've seen these two teams play a couple of times now how much is this uh, a strength of the eskimos defense which we know that it is certainly uh, but how much of it is the strength of the eskimos defense and how much of this is just some uh, deficiency with the bc lions that they're having trouble cleaning up you know i i, I kind of feel for the uh the lions um and and with their offensive line because they lost their uh, i think their left tackle figaro was uh, out uh, the, in that game as well and and uh so then they got to uh, move Facult, who's a guard, out to left tackle, and he just really had a tough time. I mean, it's, it is a difficult position to switch to to be a left tackle, and and there were instances where I was watching where they they weren't on the same page, and not necessarily with the offensive linemen themselves, because that did happen. But but it was it was running backs and switching and twisting, and the Eskimos gave them different looks, and and guys would come free off of that stuff, and. And then the other thing is part of the scheme that the, the Lions uh, uh, were running with respect to knowing that they're going to get pressure. They didn't have any routes that broke off to give Riley a chance to, to be able to dump the ball off short, you know, any kind of hot reads. And, and there was one play in particular I was watching uh, during the game where every receiver was still running downfield 15 yards and nobody, the middle of the field, the, the underbelly of the Eskimos defense wasn't attacked. And, and there was Riley stepping up, and, and he had no place to put the ball, and he got sacked. So, so it's, a, it's a combination of 
uh, personnel playing out of position and uh, you know they're struggling they've got uh, uh, Roy playing center who was a uh, was an ex Eskimo and uh, the, the Lions plucked him off the practice roster so he wasn't good enough to play in the current Eskimos offensive line and he's now starting in BC so that tells you that their personnel may not be as strong as where the Eskimos are at but but then certainly some of the schemes that they ran against this defense didn't give them an, another opportunity to have success. But having said all of that, after free agency this year, everybody that I talked to, everybody I said, I said this defense is infinitely better than they were last year. They their personnel is just better than they were, and if they'd have had this personnel last year, Edmonton might have come out of the West. Well, and I, I I think the tackling's been really good, Blake, and not just the tackling, but the way the Eskimos are are closing on ball carriers there were two or three plays last night where i thought oh this guy's got got a bit of an edge or he's got the corner and, and an eskimo defender or two were just able to really leap in there and still make a very sure tackle and you know that that's a big difference it, it might still be a six yard gain or it might still get the other team a first down but they're not getting 20 30 or 40 at a time because of missed tackles well you know and then and there was a and that those kinds of tackles are coming from other uh, people that that you know are not not expected to make those tackles in those situations. I mean, there was one play where where John White got, got right through the line of scrimmage, and Amando Sewell makes a uh, a diving tackle on his shoelaces, uh, and he's 10 yards downfield. And if uh, Sewell doesn't make that play, White scores. So yeah, there's uh, and that that's an effort type of a thing, you know. And that's you you see those effort plays when guys want to play for each other and they don't want to let each other down and. Uh, and that's really what you're seeing with this Eskimos defense right now. And they, they truly are. You know, I, I, you know, you talk about Winnipeg and, and not giving up a lot of touchdowns and things like that. But I think this Eskimos defense is everything that Winnipeg has. And, uh, and I think the Eskimos offense is better. Okay, Trevor Harris, the return just in time to start the second half. So that was pretty cool to see him go out there and still get the job done. Blake, from your career, a personal heroic return from injury or one by a teammate or something that uh, boosted a team when you saw a guy come back from uh, being shaken up and make an impact something stand out for you oh ah uh, geez i don't know I, I i don't know if i can think of one because because that you know the funny thing about this game uh guys get hurt a lot in games that people don't know how hurt they are and uh I, oh, there's one in particular i suppose i remember uh Hector Pache were playing in BC and he rolled his ankle, he hurt his ankle really hard and, and uh, um, it was one of those things where most people, it was a high ankle sprain and if I remember right, Hector had about uh, six needles put into that ankle so he could play the game. I don't think we won the game but but the uh, you know the emotional lift was that because if we lose Hector then chances are I'm probably bumping out the tackle and then it might not have been a good scene. Um, but it was one of those things where that happens all the time with games but the between what happened with, with Harris last night was that I, I half expected Harris to come running on the field with the Rocky Field song playing really hard because it kind of looked like, you know, just wait for the last kick and then boom, out of the doors he comes and, uh, and leads the team on to victory. It was, uh, that was, uh, was something that I, I'm pretty sure that there was a bigger lift for the, the Eskimos than something that I would have seen before. Okay. Well, good start to the season. We'll see if they can keep it going next Saturday against Montreal. Blake, always great to have you on the show, buddy. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, Reed.
That is our Eskimos analyst, Blake Dermott, with a little bit more on the Eskimos' 33-6 win over the BC Lions. Richard says, uh, Trevor Harris on pace for 6,000 passing yards. Keep it up. Luke says, it was good to see the Eskimos address the penalty problem, especially notable on kick and punt returns. They were looking good. And another texter with the cheeky text of the night simply says, so where are the Eskimos sourcing their water from? Oh, my. And uh, Mark says, I had a great experience at the Edmonton Stingers basketball game last night. Thanks to tickets I won on your show. Mark, glad you were get, uh, you got to go. The Stingers beat Guelph 111-91. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're 9-4 in the league, second in the CEBL. Gene Principe in studio when we get back. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The CFL season, week five. Well, obviously, the season's continuing. <laughs> See, this is what happens when I don't have yeah. a teleprompter, Gene, yeah. which no, I never have anymore. Am I being petty? That was Tom Petty. That was Tom Petty. Okay. That's right. That was. Uh, I'm in uh, summer form. That was all or nothing off of uh, Into the Great White Open. I won't back down, right? Was the big. Uh, that, was, that was off the previous record. I wouldn't know records. I'm not a music. I like like. I think I won't back down. Was off. Was it off Full Moon Fever or was it off even an earlier one? Um, Someone's gonna have to text you. The hits off into the Great White Open were into the Great White Open and Learning to Fly. Yeah, I listen. Okay, I I more recognize sort of individual songs. The only album I think I remember because I had an older. I still have an older sister. Breakfast in America, Super Tramp. I think it was called Breakfast in America. Okay. And she used to play it, like, a lot. And that's yeah, see, one that's... of the few albums. Yeah, that would have been Because you're a little bit older than I'm me, 52. right? So I'm 45. So yeah, you're yeah, just, it's a, you're just a, 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 kind of, that's almost a musical yeah. generation. Yes, it's no, not no, a, I agree. It's not a true generation. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. a bit of a musical But I know generation. you know your music. So, I, some of it. I know the music I'm into, I know pretty right, well. Right. Country music, I know virtually nothing about. Yeah, no, and I don't like it. Country music is... Yeah, I don't know what to say. Cause I just sure personally don't like music. it. And I'm not one of those people where yeah. I will tell other people not to like it. Yeah. But if you ask me how I feel about it, that's, that's just how I feel. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've never had an attraction to it. Um, and nowadays, I'd listen to almost more. If I'm not listening to the 80s and that kind of stuff that I grew up with, I listen to what my kids listen to. You know, they're mm-hmm. different. Uh, Kanye West and, and your kids Shawn are like teens and 20s now? 16, 18, 20. Yeah. Okay. So they listen, they kind of take control of the car when it comes to music. It's not like I'm deciding. Actually, right. I like listening to sports talk radio, but they, well, thank you. yeah, I do. And they like to, they like to listen to music. So when they're in, they kind of win unless I really need to 
nope, sorry guys, I gotta listen. To Unless that. you're like Reed's talking about That's Star right. Wars, I listen. need to put him yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, in case you don't know who that voice, it's uh, Gene Principe from Sportsnet, formerly of uh, A Channel. Yeah, right. I was going to say, did I get let? There's so many movements now in the meet. Did I just get let go and I didn't know? Oh my! For, uh, oh, you're still still as still in Sportsnet. As far yeah, as, yeah, yeah. As far as, uh, as, far as I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, I started by saying Toronto is that. Well, I want to change the channel. Blue Jays are down one nothing in the fifth. Yeah. I do not get many complaints if I don't update uh, the Blue Jays score, given how their season is going. So we'll put on Toronto and Winnipeg. Sh- shall we politely say Winnipeg wow. the heavy favorite in this yeah, game? Yeah. What a Argo's like a. I think it's a, you know it's a small enough league that uh, they're kind of the the Florida right now. Like you, you know the NHL, you you kind of feel you're competing against them, but. You see the crowds, and you see that opening night loss to Hamilton, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, uh, I know it's a long season, but it'd take a long time to, I think, recover from that. Yeah. So it's kind of a sad, I mean, 31, 32 teams soon. You're going to have some that aren't going to be overly successful. That's just the way it is. But when you have a, a small league, you you want everyone to be at least. Six out of nine get in every year. Yeah. So you, hope so you, that- you want them to be pretty good, reasonably good. And Toronto is still Toronto, not Toronto Maple Leafs, center of the universe Toronto, but it's a big city that you like to see have success on the field and, you know, in the stands. You you briefly worked there, right? I did, three years, 92 oh, I to 95. Was, I didn't realize it was quite that long. Yeah, three years. Uh, I was working in Winnipeg, and then I got an opportunity to go to Toronto, and I worked for uh, Global Television in Toronto and did, back then, uh, you know, we all had these uh, nightly highlight shows there. We were on at 11.30. Was it half hour? Half hour, yep. you know, and you'd wrap up. You'd wrap up the night, right? The day, the night, that's what they were going to. At that time, uh, Sportsnet had not come on board, right. and TSN had, had been on board and was still kind but of But even developing. in that area of the 90s, not everybody necessarily 100%. had cable. Yeah, no, you're right. People would still watch you. Had and Peasant uh, Vision, it was, yeah, as it was called. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, right? So it was uh, it was a great opportunity. And then uh 98, I moved back to to A-Channel, and you and I uh, connected a few times with the old Edmonton yep. Drillers. And oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mystery, we met. Yeah. yeah, we met before I went to Lloyd. Apparently, I, I remember was, it better than you. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that, I've told a few <laughs> stories about the drillers. Yes, Voitech. I, I had Voitech. I had Voitech in yeah. last year, I yeah. want to say. I mean, man, I got a lot of respect for yeah, that. Man. Yeah, you know what? Uh, people, you know, and we've we've got it now with uh, Tom Fath and the. You know their group with. Uh, By the, the way, Winnipeg just ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. So does that count? Yeah, I guess I it does. See hey. a flag. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Might Did, be over. It's over, everybody. Jeez. The six thirty Chad Sports Desk is calling a Blue Bombers victory. Can they get Ricky Ray back? I know he retired. By the way, Ricky looks great. Like he looks. Yeah. He looks stud muffin. Like he's piped and he looks healthy. And he, I remember when he was here, he was. It looked like he was Frito Ray. Like it looked like he was eating chips. Like he was not a shape. He just wasn't that that right. sort of muscular. And then he came back with the Argos. And I remember going, "Where'd you find those shoulders? And where's your <laughs> neck start?" Like right. he just looked like he had kind of. He looked like a football player. Yeah. One of the greats. And they're one all of the great guys. They're all big, right? Like I know people say, right. "Well," and there are some smaller players who succeed in the CFL, yeah. which is less common in the NFL. You get the odd little scatter guy yeah. in, in the NFL, but. I know people say, well, the guys in the CFL are small. And I always say, actually, the, the guys in the CFL are big, and the guys in the NFL are giants. Like, Ricky yeah, Ray's yeah. 6'3". Yeah, Mike Riley's, like, the one of the most physically yeah. 
powerful looking human beings you, yeah. you would ever run into. How, how's that going to be? And then, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and yeah, Pete Manning, like he, ben we're, is, all, we're all bigger than, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, uh, it's a different size. How about Mike Riley? What is going on there? You know, Everybody respects Mike in the city. He's still, yes. he's still beloved. Yeah. Um, I had him on the show on Tuesday, and and he talked about some of the stuff issues yeah. they're having. The thing that looks different to me about Mike Riley is even when Edmonton had some losing streaks, and they, you know, that one year they yeah. started seven and zero and then lost their next six. They he had ups and downs here too. As great as he was here, he looks more frustrated than I've ever seen. And even yeah. the game here and the game in Toronto. You know, nattering at guys yeah. on the other team. He never really, yeah, yeah, no, he, he really he carried himself with, quite classily. Like he's, he's a classy guy. Well, I'm not right? saying all of a sudden he's no, but I think maybe he's jumped over there and things are not more, going well at all. And I mean, they're what they beat the Argos by a point. Was they it? should probably should have lost. Right. So they they you know we might be talking about them being without a win. So I, I think it's that, that transition, and he's probably going. Listen, uh, and you know this better than me. But did the Eskimos either not match or were willing to match anything that he? They, got from they said they would give right. him whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I am sure somewhere in the back of his head he's kind of going, holy moly, here, like what's going on? What have, what did I get myself into? And I'm sure he's going to get him and his team out of it. But right now, he's probably thinking, geez, I could have... Well, why, why did he go to BC? The, the, well, like, family stuff. Yeah, closer to home. been there before. Yeah. But that, the post-game interview, if, if people heard yeah. it on the Points After Show last night, that was as, as, as dejected as I've ever heard him. Yeah. And he said, he did say, we can't go down. We cannot get any worse. So we yeah. either flatline and keep yeah. getting destroyed or, yeah. or or we get better. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I think, again, he's one of those guys that people cheer for, even though he, you know, he left the team. We we, we don't normally, I, I don't know in hockey whether you would say that as often, uh, but Mike was stand-up guy for a long time in the community, on the field, with his team, with his teammates, with the staff. Uh, you want to see him do well, of course, not against the Eskimos, and so far that's been the case the first two games. 642, Gene Principe in studio. You can text. 63630 and by, by the way feel free to ask uh, Gene any yep. questions about his career covering the Oilers growing up in Edmonton playing soccer yep. uh, whatever you want uh, this texture says hey Reed a great interview with Blake Dermott I would have yeah. liked to hear his take on the team building effect of Trevor Harris making the calls on free agency day asking other players to join mm-hmm. in Edmonton I thought that was brilliant uh, Jeff texting in tonight and you were saying you were listening to uh, Blake yeah I like in. Blake you know you guys have good um I call them insiders, Rob Brown uh, and Hockey and, and Blake. And you have really good broadcast crews, you know, with Bob and Jack and uh, Morley and Dave. I like listening to the games on the radio. Bob and Jack, I, it's a little more difficult because well, yeah. I'm working. Same uh, me, but yeah. I get to listen to pregame and postgame and interviews, and I see them work as well. Um, I like Blake. Blake's from my era, right? Like he was playing and winning those great cups when I was yeah. a huge Eskimo fan. So there's that that kind of connection as a as a player. And back then, you think these guys. I don't know how old is Blake. Mid fifties? Uh, yeah, I think he would. Yeah. Be. yeah, he's not. I'm fifty. Like he's not much older than me. But back then, it seemed like they were a lot older. Right. So I, I got a lot of respect for Blake as a player. And then I listened to him, and I love it when when guys tell me and teach me and show me and something that I'm like, oh. Well, I never thought of that, or I never understood that, or I never looked at it that way. And uh, you know, he he does that. Rob does that as well when he's with you. I, you know, and and to me, that's a that's a real skill and a talent because we all watch the games. We all 
know the game to a certain extent, but then to get that extra stuff uh, from the broadcast crews and guys like Rob and uh, Blake, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, well, and with Blake, it, well, you know, Rob too, but I'll focus on Blake since we're mm-hmm. in football season. Uh, and I don't, you know, I got to sit with Rob 82 games. Yeah, right, right. Year, so, so I yeah. don't want to want him to think I'm too, yeah. you know. We, we don't have to get yeah. another door in here to get him. His, yeah. <laughs> um, but Blake will, he will always say something about a play where I'll think, well, it's relatively obvious what happened on that mm-hmm. play, but he'll always say something and I'll learn from it. Or he might say, well, yes, they got a touchdown on that play, but you could tell four plays earlier in the drive that they were they were setting that up, or the, or they did this in the first quarter, and that's why the defense yeah. reacted that way. Like, yeah, they all, see things, all those right? things. They and he's, see he's, things. And he's so. But my, I, I can always tell when he kind of disagrees with me, but he's still relatively polite. And I was saying, <laughs> I mean, the Eskimos have had these penalty issues yeah. for a while now. I, I actually one texture wrote in about the penalties. I think they actually wound up with more penalties last night, but less costly than they've had in the past. Uh, and I said to Blake, well, you know, sometimes you're going to jump offside. And I kind of finished the question. He goes, well, you know, uh, you don't necessarily have to jump offside. You could just not move until the ball snapped. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess that's... <laughs> that's pretty obvious, <laughs> that's a, but true. It's a good point. I guess I should yeah, maybe you could not wait, be as, right? So now I'm through. less lenient about offsides. Offsides, yeah. yeah. You're not going to take it anymore, Reed. <laughs> I'm just, if a guy jumps offside, just don't move. Yeah, stay there. Uh, Billy says, Gene, do you remember what you would say on Sportsline after a home run yeah oh i love that you know what i miss doing the highlights like i never you know it's funny that i ended up doing what i'm doing because i never i never really wanted to do that it's not that i didn't want to but i was more focused on being a highlight guy Mm -hmm. and and working in a studio and if not that play-by-play guy i think all of us kind of have that yeah because we, we all do it kind of when we're kids right like you're fooling around you're calling plays yeah, you off can't simulate a highlight show as easily in right. your in your so living room as you, you would, can just you would call. call stuff yeah. right so i think it, and then uh and then i ended up kind of falling into this somewhat on purpose and somewhat by accident but in in toronto when a guy would hit a home run you know going going gone or whatever people would say you can butter that one it is toast, and that was my that was my call for home runs, and I just I always love doing that. And you you would just punch it and hit it hard, yeah. right? You got to commit to it. Yeah, absolutely. And then I, I I went to a channel and did the six o'clock sports. We didn't really do a lot of baseball highlights and home runs, so I I kind of left that back in Toronto. So it's nice of uh, who what was the guy's name? Sorry, that was uh, who. Uh, Billy, Billy, yeah. So nice of Billy to mention that because uh, I really enjoyed doing highlight shows. It was another avenue to, to to kind of show your personality. And again, as we mentioned, read back then that people would wait till the end of the night and yeah, it's, then it get was everything. Totally right? different nowadays. That's uh, not, you see not the happening. little flash on Twitter on your on your phone, right? Yeah. So it's way different. It's yeah. it's amazing. You know, when you, when I sit and think about. 32 years for me, 32 and a half years in TV, how much things have changed in the world, of course, and in television and in radio. And I mean, I'm just amazed at uh, how much things have changed. But at the end, it's still the same. It's about the team. It's about the sport. It's about results. It's about the fans. It kind of and a great story. Changed. A great story never is. It's still a great story. Yeah. Great, you know, people I'm, always yeah. want a great story. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's that's right. That's the other thing I kind of miss is that when you're working for a regional slash national network, you don't do as many of the, you know, like I see on global TV, right? You do the, we always say little Johnny, just little Johnny's got, you know, six goals a game and he's, he's good, you know, he's a little mm-hmm. Wayne 
Gretzky and you go out and do a story with him. You know, I, I miss doing those stories, but I, you know, I'm, I'm committed to Connor and, you know, little Connor's got five goals. Now I do those stories <laughs> right. instead of little Johnny. <laughs> it is 648. We will get to some more of your texts to 636.30. Gene Principe is in studio on Inside Sports. Okay, thanks for tuning in tonight. Gene Principe is in studio. Man, people want to wow, hear want? you talk. They're texting really? 630, 630. I, I'm going to take this one first, though. Sure. Because this one, actually, my answer will probably... Um, people probably won't like my answer, and I, I, I understand it. Uh, hey, guys, what's your take on the Odell Willis hit on Trevor Harris? Mm. That is from John. Okay, well, first of all, I guess I'm not going to give you a definite good or good or bad i'm going to give you this answer is that first of all i think odell knew what he was doing it didn't look to me like he was tripped or guided in i I think he knew he was probably going to try to deliver and if he hit and i'm not saying necessarily intent to injure yeah but sometimes guys say hey i gotta try and make the tackle and it might be low but i i gotta Mm -hmm. disrupt this play um i thought glenn Suter made a good point on the tv broadcast that when you break it down frame by frame it looked like the very first contact was above the knee, and that's what they use. So did I like, should have Odell been penalized for the spirit of the hit? Probably, but that's not in the rule book. And, you know, it's like it's like offside. You might say, God, I don't want, as I've said myself numerous times, I don't want goals being waved off because a guy's foot mm-hmm. was one centimeter above the blue line. Oh. But as Rob Brown always tells me, it's black or white, even your onside or offside. And I think in that one, they said, yeah. well, we've written the rule to say above the knee is fine, and it looked like first contact was above the knee. Well, and, and I, I, I understand what Rob's saying. And I, I, when I refed uh, soccer, and speaking of you know, soccer with the VAR, right, that was kind of a, <laughs> well, I don't know if it was a fiasco or a mess or good to see or somewhere in between, I guess, depend on the situation. But there was always, and you mentioned, spirit of the game, laws of the game. Right? And you had to differentiate between the two. So laws of the game, Rob's right. That that half inch or inch is offset. Spirit of the game, is that what you want to call? Is that what you want to stop? Is that what you right. want in your game? And I agree with, with Odell. I or I agree with your comment about Odell. I think Odell's making a play, and that was the only way he could make it. And it wasn't, you know, it was close. It was debatable. It was different opinions with different answers on it but uh, you know Odell's been around for so long that uh, to me he gets the benefit of the doubt of of something like that that it wasn't meant in a in a malicious I'm gonna do this because I think I'm gonna hurt Trevor Harris I'm gonna do this because I'm trying to make the play that's the only way I can make it and obviously I'm glad Harris wasn't seriously injured and not not every injury in pro sports is a penalty yeah, you know, and right. I, I know now we've seen in in the NHL, mm-hmm. like San Jose and Vegas. Oh, someone's hurt. We better we better call yeah. something. But uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes 
players players so i don't i don't know if i don't know if john's gonna like that answer but but there you go uh richard says gene is my absolute favorite he's banging on about rob brown and blake dermott teaching and explaining things intelligently i'm sorry his wife didn't win the election <laughs> so <Thank>, my buddy <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being a friendly normal yeah. guy when i ran into you do you go with the orders on road games if so how hard is it being away from the family um you know yes um I do. I would say I might miss two or three games a year on a end of a trip or start of a trip, a hockey night in Canada somewhere where Scott Oaks got it under control, right. and then I'll just I'll meet up with the team or leave a little early. But I would say at a 41, 37, 38. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't say it as much anymore, but when my kids were growing up, we mentioned 16, 18, 20. When they were 6, 8, and 10, let's take that you know go back a decade um best part of the job was travel worst part of the job was travel right right yeah i mean listen how can i how can i not like walk on the streets of new york or fort lauderdale and i've through sports traveled in you know not all over the world but other places in the world um someone's kind of paying you to be there incredible Mm -hmm. but when you're at home uh, and, you know, I always found when I was supposed to go on a trip, especially like playoffs, uh, let's say you're covering some team and you didn't go and you saw that someone who replaced you was gone, let's say eight days, and you would stay home that eight days and you go, look at all I would have missed in those eight days. So trips where I didn't go, but was scheduled to go and stayed home, those are the trips where I really noticed and went, my goodness, look how much I would have missed. And my daughter, who used to, she's 18 now and doesn't notice if I'm home most of the time, but... I think she still loves me. Uh, <laughs> she used to say, you know what, Dad, you got to give me a week heads up so I can kind of get ready for it. And I remember it was always, she was very uh, emotional about it. And, uh, you know, one time, a few times she'd say, well, why do you have to do this job? Why don't you get another job? And I would be like, you know, what do I say to her? She's kind of right. I could get another job, not this job, yeah. but another job that meant I stayed home. But I think we always value these as careers and things that we've always wanted to do. So, you know, we made it through those those difficult times. They still kind of check in like, hey, Dad, when are you coming home? Like, that's their way of saying we, we miss you it's right. not they don't run to the door anymore or hoping that it's two days longer than <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah or sometimes well the thing is in the beginning in the beginning uh, they miss you more i think in some ways and then as the years go by you miss them because you miss out on so many things but it's been a great i mean I'm, I'm an edmonton guy so it's been fantastic but yeah that's the best and worst Okay, uh, five minutes in, 14 nothing. Winnipeg Jeez. leading Toronto. Can you, can you stay till quarter after seven? Yep. You got a few more minutes? Yeah, yeah, no problem. All right, and uh, we'll try to catch up to some texts here to 6.30, 6.30. People uh, writing in to ask Gene a couple of questions. Inside Sports on 6.30, Shed, we are back after the news. Oh, and don't forget, at uh, 7.30 tonight, Archie Henderson will join us. He's the new Oilers director of yeah. pro scouting, long time in the NHL, used to work for the Red Wings, so he'll have some comments about his new gig with the Oilers, working with Ken Holland, all that kind of stuff. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.